maybe you guys have recommendations, but I want something that will induce not like a like a drunken like reduction in uh, anxiety because mm. I because I'm gonna have to be in cars a lot with my dad driving. Mm. And I'm gonna be nervous alive. about being in drive my dad driving in a country he doesn't know the rules yeah. for. Is your dad just like, oh, I'll figure it out? Yeah. He's done it three times, but he has also taken the mirror off one of the rental cars <laughs> in the UK before. So, swings and roundabouts. So, I'm just going to put weddings, weddings and shit. Yeah. And in culture. And you want to phrase it in the time as well. What's that? Sorry? You want to, I guess, phrase it in the time as well. The different time. How oh, old is this yes. movie? I have it open. But, Let me see. This is 09. Yeah. Oh nine. So is there something? Really? Yeah, it's a different, not not ago. wildly long ago, but long enough. During during one of our many recessions. <laughs> well, we need for that next one to start up any time. I found a way to be everything I've dreamed of. Welcome to a new episode of When You Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie, a themed cocktail, and then talk about what worked, what didn't, and how they would fix it. I am Chris Steele and Splenda Ravel. I am Brendan Space Drischler. And I am Lee. Call me Dreamcatcher. I'll answer Adela Hand. <laughs> So, uh, more enjoyable than what we just saw. You definitely know exactly what these nicknames, what which movie these nicknames all came <laughs> from, and that is, of course, 2009's Bride Wars. Bride Wars. Bow, 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 bow. Kate's hair gets dyed wars. Once they have tried wars, will they stay friends? And yeah, we found out they will. They, they will. Stay, they Those will gals stay will stay friends. Good um, for them. Yeah, so it was 2009 Bride Wars starring Anne Hathaway and uh, Kate Hudson, directed by Gary Winnick. Gary ret- Winnick. Returning to us from... Uh, R.I.P. apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. to a real mediocre one. Yeah, from 13 going on 30 <laughs> to this. We also had... Saving Silverman, as we found out. No, that was the writer. Oh, sorry. The writer also wrote Saving Silverman, but we've also got uh, Chris Bratt in this. We've got <laughs> Brian Greenberg, Steve yeah. Howie, Candy Bergen, um, June Diane Raphael, and Casey Johnson. Wilson. Yeah. June um, Diane Raphael and Casey Wilson, of course, also have a screenwriting credit yes. for this movie. Although what we do know from a little bit of kind of research is uh, there was the script, they were then sort of brought into rewrite. Right. Is that correct? That's my understanding from what okay. I read. There was an Entertainment Weekly interview with the two of them. I- and it seems as though the bones for this movie were in place and they were brought in to sort of revamp it. So you can't really, I guess, blame them entirely for not this entirely. movie. I think not a little bit you should blame them. They're not blameless, <laughs> yes. um, for sure, um, though I wish, I wish I could say they were. Uh, but it's not entirely on them. Before we get into any of those fine details, though, what did we drink? We drank a drink called Blue Hair Do Care, which involves 12 dried butterfly pea flowers, 4 cups of hot water, 6 ounces of gin, half a cup of lemon juice, half a cup of simple syrup, and some mint. You combine the butterfly pea flowers and hot water in a pitcher, let it steep for at least 10 minutes and cool down. Then you add the simple, the lemon juice, and the gin, muddle some mint in the pitcher, and strain it into your glasses over ice. Beautiful, yeah. What did we think? It was good. 
It was nice. Yeah, it was um, not overtly sweet. It was not, it, like, I think the tea really kind of tempers yeah. a lot of what you're getting here, which is good. Tea-based cocktails are always kind of a nice way to add some flavor without it being, like, juice, right. you know? Like, it's a nice mixer, I think. Yeah. Um, Beautiful purple color. Yeah, looks looked, looked a lovely purple. Really smooth. Yeah, I probably wouldn't get it again, but it was nice to have. What do you mean? It was it was a very it, it was it felt like a very sort of springy kind of into summer drink because yeah. of the lemon and the tea. Celebrating the weather that we're, I think we're rapidly going to plunge back down into the 60s. right after two days of like fucking eighty degree weather where I'm wearing shorts and right. sweating miserably at night, and now we're back to the point of like, oh, you need a coat if you're going outside. Yeah, great, I, beautiful, I, everything's fine. We love we love being in New England. Great, and uh, and no, not to go back right to you, Brendan, but what does Wikipedia tell us this movie is well, even about? Well, you did, Chris. You did go right back to you me. Did. All right, Bride Wars. Emma Allen and Olivia Liv Lerner are childhood best friends who have planned every detail of their wedding since first witnessing a wedding 20 years ago at the Plaza Hotel. They both have made it a priority to be married in the same location in June. While hanging out at Liv's apartment in the present day, good to know, they find a <laughs> Tiffany box hidden in the closet. Both friends are excited, knowing that Liv will soon get a proposal from her boyfriend. That same night, Emma's boyfriend proposes to her at home over a Chinese takeout dinner. Liv gets restless waiting for her boyfriend to pop the question and eventually confronts him at his office the morning after Emma's engagement. He replies that he was planning on doing it that night, but then asks her on the spot. Both women start planning and expect to be each other's maid of honor. They schedule a meeting with New York's most famous wedding planner, Marion Sinclair, who tells them there are three spots open at the plaza in June, two on the same day and one a few weeks later. They each choose a different day, but, due to a clerical error, wind up both scheduled to have their weddings on the same day, June 6, three and a half months later. The two of them ask the third bride, Stacy, to switch her June 27th date with Emma. Stacy refuses, resulting in Liv fighting with Stacy while she is registering for gifts and causing Liv and Emma to be escorted out of the store. A week of passive-aggressive hostility passes before the two women make it clear to each other that neither will compromise. Emma's fiancé, Fletcher, begins to show signs of being controlling. Thanks, Tao Don't Show. The two women declare war after a slight misunderstanding that Liv already announced her wedding date, outraging Emma, who sends her date as well, which Liv becomes aware of at their shared bridal shower. The two exchange threats and insults in front of their friends, who decide not to take sides. Both attempt to sabotage the other's wedding with such antics as, colon, Liv changing Emma's dance instructor, Emma secretly sending Liv candy to make her too fat to fit into her dress, Liv making Emma's spray tan bright orange, Emma changing Liv's hair dye to shocking blue-white color, Liv registering Emma on Babies R Us and spreading rumors that she is pregnant. The end result is Emma showing up to Liv's invite-only bachelorette party to outdance her on stage. Emma and Fletcher get into an argument regarding Emma's maniacal behavior, sabotaging Liv's wedding and their friendship, and how Emma has changed since they first met. The couple undergoes strains in their relationship because of Emma's newfound outspokenness and self-confidence. Eh, okay. In contrast, Liz has learned to be more sensitive and expressive. Eh, okay. Yeah. However, due to her stress about the wedding and strained friendship with Emma, she ends up being demoted from her job as an attorney. Both brides-to-be are shown to be in the plaza very shortly before they are due to be wed, separately. Right before Liv leaves to begin her march to the altar, she encounters Emma's father and receives his blessing. Immediately, she regrets setting up a Wild Spring Break DVD to play at Emma's wedding. She sends her assistant Kevin to replace the DVD with the right one, filled with childhood memories. Thinking the DVD is a prank, he does not do so. Before the, brides before the brides enter their respective venues, they share a brief moment of reconciliation as they smile at each other. 
Emma begins her walk down the aisle, but stops when the footage of her spring break is shown. She loses her temper and tackles Liv at her wedding on the other side of the hotel. The two brides wrestle in their dresses on the floor, the shock of the guests, Fletcher, and Emma's parents, who are standing in the doorway. Emma stands up, and she walks over to Fletcher, who is upset at her behavior. Emma tells him that she is not the same person he fell in love with ten years ago, and that she has changed over the years. With that, the two decide to call off their wedding. Liv's wedding resumes after the two friends talk things out and reconcile. Emma, now Liv's maid of honor, is later and dancing with Nate. Not a, I did not misspeak. Is later and dancing with Nate, Liv's brother, and I a well-known magazine journalist who has not been mentioned at all as a character until this moment. Let alone as a... Did we even specify? I didn't even hear he was a magazine journalist. I don't remember when they say that either. The film picks up a year later when Liv and Emma meet up for drinks, where it's revealed that Emma married Nate. Liv offers a toast to marriage, but Emma says she's not drinking. When Liv says she's not either, it dawns on them that they are pregnant and their due dates are the same. March 3rd. Mom the best Lord. friends squeal with excitement and hug happily. All right, so just real quick, I'm breaking down the characters here. Kate Hudson as Olivia Liv Lerner. Anne Hathaway as Emma Allen. Chris Pratt as Fletcher, who is Emma's fiancé. Steve Howey as Daniel, didn't remember that name, who is Liv's fiancé. Brian Greenberg as Nate, who is Liv's brother, who Emma gets with in the end. Candace Bergen as Marion St. Clair, the wedding planner. Kristen Johnston as Deb, who is Emma's co-worker and ends up being her maid of armor. Or, also maid, just of armor. Like, maid of honor. Just maid of kind of armor. Of maid of armor. Maid of armor. Yes. Um, then we just like like Michael Arden as Kevin, Liv's assistant, who is her Mr. of Honor. June Dine, Raphael, and Casey Wilson pop up. That's that's mostly yeah, that's all you basically need. It. Yeah, that's about it. Um, the assistant from Thirteen Going on Thirty is also the put upon assistant in this. Yes, for Candace Bergen. I do not have her name here, but yes, that is her again playing yet another put upon assistant. So yeah, those are that's our the actors we get in this. I think that where we wanted to start was maybe just like you know this is a wedding movie. We as viewers kind of bring our own experiences and opinions with this kind of stuff to this movie. So yeah, like what would we say is are is the like wedding opinion or experience we bring to this? I mean, th this movie, this is one of those movies that just makes me feel exhausted about the idea of planning a wedding. <laughs> Same. This entire movie just makes me feel like. Weddings are an awful thing, and you yeah. shouldn't aspire to, like, plan. <laughs> no. Well, and it's, like, this thing that just, like, invert, like, it just turns everyone's relationships well, badly. It's, and... it's, like, what I would call, like, the wedding industrial complex. Yeah. Right? Where it's, like, there's, like, a whole, like, horrific industry built up around it where it's, right. like, catering and invitations and registries and, like, venues and, like, entertainment and it's like all, it's just this like capitalism, monstrous, <laughs> like infused monster. Right, this like lumbering dinosaur that like yeah. you just can't stop. It's interesting, I find too, like the language we use to address that, and particularly in the media that we see kind of address that, it never really puts the blame at the feet of the kind of the wedding industrial complex. It's always at the feet of like women. Usually women, but it's always an individual that's being like, wow, you're really letting this make you crazy. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the deck is probably stacked against you in that position, right? Because yeah. it's everyone else's opinion is super important. You're like told this is important enough. You need to like spend an annual salary's worth of money on right. it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's like this myth that like women care a lot about weddings. Right. But really it's like we've been made like it's, just, it's the it's not that's not true right. like right. weddings are historically culturally important but what you've done is like at some point it's become profitable for someone to like 
tell women money that they care about weddings. Yeah, yeah. So like, how can we make more money? Is if we market towards women, right? Right. And so then it just gets all these ads. So like, it it, it doesn't even have to be true anymore that women want weddings because all you're seeing on TV are like ads targeted at women, right? right. To be like, this is the bride's special day. This right. Like, or like in this case, too, like movies and TV shows targeted yeah. toward women. Like so many, you know, so many like reality TV shows about a woman getting married or some shit like that. Well, and it, it begins to, I think, did you want, would you have wanted this thing if it weren't so aggressive a right. message? Yeah. 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 And this is all like open brackets, like Western white people. Upper America. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right. This is a very, this is very they're different. Obviously, like other cultures have their own wedding craziness. Right. But this is a very specifically a, a Western, mostly white, right? Um, American wedding craze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like like we had also said, this is also something that's it's more of like a woman thing than a man thing. Right. And which is not to say because women are like hardwired to love weddings more, but more because like women have been taught like in this movie, like right. this movie shows from a young age, they're basically like, think about your wedding. Start planning this magical day right now. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy yes. where like women become nuts about weddings because they have been told like you have to be nuts about your wedding. It's like yeah. this tautological thing, right? It's a very gender essentialist idea that like women love weddings, women really care about that. That's important right. to all women. Right. And, and there you are... just keep hearing that, you're like, okay, I guess that's important to me. Right. And I and I to be like fair, there are I'm sure like women who like do really care a lot about weddings, right? And like that's the thing too. Like if that is something you legitimately care about, then like fine, I don't really. It's not something that I think about all that much. But like if you care about this, then fine. I care about other things that people think are dumb. That's okay. And it's also it's like it's it's primarily like the woman's job to do all the work, right? Right. Like the men are just supposed to like sit there, like oh you know go try on a tux at yes, some point right. and then show up. Oh, and this movie is very much of that. I like these. There's several lines where the men are like, "Oh, they haven't talked in a week." That's um, that's like a century in girl years, right? I mean, well, it's one of those things too, where it's like you don't really see. Like Candace Bergen says something about how like oh you'll be spending more time with your maid of honor than with your groom leading up to the wedding. We're just like like no 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 like they can stay at home and play video games right. like the dumb boys that they are. Right. But you are gonna have to drag another woman along with you to make sure this shit gets done. It's and you should also like paint yourself into as many corners as possible as long as this wedding goes forward. Yeah, right. Um I think this probably goes without saying, but all three of us are pretty much like not not that like this isn't what we envision really. Oh well I do want to get married at the plaza. <laughs> and if you don't, you will burn yeah, the guys, world uh, down. June sixth this year, so uh start planning Wait, your trips to New York now. I <laughs> What? Six of this year at the plaza. God, your hair will be so blue by the time I'm done with you, Christopher Rappel. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like again, like as a wedding, like I don't care, like I don't care, and like this, this again, this is not one of those things where I'm saying like I don't care. Ergo, right. if you care, it's dumb. It's, it's more just not. me saying like this is something I just simply cannot care about. Like I don't care about the ceremony. It would be nice to have a party afterwards right. with people I like. I don't care about this walking down the aisle thing. I don't care about a venue. I would just like to, you know, celebrate at some point afterwards. That's no, it. Like it's all, I mean, it's 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 weird, I think, for us to be watching this. I kind of would like <laughs> to have been doing this episode with somebody who... Like, does up, care a little bit more? Who, who or... grew up knowing about it? Because, right. like, I only know about this obsession from... It was never really that important for us to me as being yeah. that important. Like, my mom never told me about, like, like make sure you plan for a wedding. And right. I would never... It never was stressed to me. My mom had a very different experience about weddings and marriage to most people. My friends, I 
kind of naturally gravitated towards a lot of queer people right. and also mm-hmm. people that just also didn't give a shit about dating or marriage. Well, and no one's really, for the most part, telling queer people this is something we yeah. need to Yeah, well, right. So, like, I yeah. just don't, I just never, I, I had, like, very few people in my social circle for whom this was a thing. I had, like, one friend who had, like, a very, like, traditional mm-hmm. go-all-out wedding. You know what? It was pretty fun. Um, no, I've I had that, too. Like, I, I've been to traditional weddings, and, like, it was, like, I wouldn't want to plan it. No, it was no. fun to go to this place and, like, have a party afterwards and yeah. have an open bar and just hang with people you like. Like, was, that was great. Yeah, I see the nice, appeal. Good, good meal, yeah. and they had an ice cream bar, so I'm yeah, no, I mean, it's more like, I see the appeal for me to go to your exactly. wedding, right. not to, like, do this myself, I thank I you. I want to be a wedding guest. Right. Yeah. Um, and even then, I don't really want to be done with this. like, a great like, song. Yeah. What? I want to be a wedding guest. I want to be a wedding <laughs> guest. I want that pretty. Like, by and large, I don't care about going to weddings, you know? Yeah. Like, like it's just not something I really enjoy all that much. Regardless no. of how much I like the people, it's Nobody just like... wants to go to a ceremony. Right, I mean, like, I that's know. the thing. It's you like, do, you're weird. Right, well, it's, it's also just like, I don't want to dress up and, like, have to deal with this whole thing. It's boring. That's why I love how often, like, everyone agrees that a ceremony should be uh, short. If you can do the ceremony in, like, a half an hour tops... And then move on to the fun part. Great. Yeah. That's why I loved my, my brother's ceremony. It was like literally fifteen minutes. It's like I don't want to see. It's boring. I don't want right. to see. No, I agree. And like it, I don't like again. We talked. We talked about this, but it's like if I if it's if it's me getting married, no one's allowed to see that shit. I mean, it's yeah. private. It's it's why are you? Why would you watch that? Right. So why would I want to see you like do your weird ritual? Like your yeah. weird whatever you're doing. I married my sister and the ceremony was like nine minutes because I was yeah. like, We're not here for this. We're gonna get like we'll we'll do like a little bit like a little bit of funny stuff in the beginning, right. then we'll get to the actual ceremony, say everything we wanna say. You say what you want to say, bride and groom, and then we're just going to be like, and you're married, let's get on Yeah, let's this. do the fun stuff, Yeah, though. exactly. I do also think that, like, this movie is a good example of just how stridently heteronormative oh, like, yeah. wedding media tends to be, which also right. I think, not that we're, again, I, I don't bring any of this up to put it down, but just to say that, like... These were all stumbling blocks to us really connecting to a lot of this being important. Right. I mean, so, because you had also said it also, and I just kind of want to go back to it briefly. While we're both guys, we were we're also gay. So it's just kind of, as a child, a wedding, like, really was not something I thought about for both reasons. One, because boys, like I said, are not told by their parents, like, start thinking about your wedding day someday. And two, because I was gay, I was like, well can't do that right now so like <laughs> not really like not really worth the bandwidth to sit here and think about what I want my wedding to be like and like sometimes you would kind of be off like if you saw my best friend's wedding you've been like okay well maybe I could grow up to be a Rupert Everett and I'll just be <laughs> there for my friends when always the Rupert Everett never the bride you know like um I, I believe very strongly in this idea of like it's very hard if not impossible to be something that you can't see so right it, i i think that that plays a big role in how much like a lot of this shit just kind of goes not goes over our head necessarily like we understand but it's it there's no emotional or resonance for us just because it has never been given to us as something important right to clarify i i think i i have like maybe a little bit less of an issue than you two do with the idea that I can't relate to wanting to have your wedding at the plaza because like, well, to be fair, I don't care about that. Mm. I feel like I can relate to it in the sense that like sometimes you hit on an idea when you're little and it just becomes this like thing that stays with you your entire yeah. life. Like, and maybe it's not like I want you to be married at the plaza. Maybe it's like, 
I want to go to Paris someday or something like that. Well, I get it's different to be like, I would like to go to a city I have never been to and have experiences I've never had before and eat and see new things versus I want to be married at X place and have like a wedding at this place. Yeah. I think both are sort of a similar kind of idea where it's for whatever dumb reason, this is something that gets lodged into your brain and you just start thinking your entire life, this is something I want. On paper, that's fine. I can kind of get that. Like, I do think it becomes a little bit much, but I think if you've spent your entire life thinking, I'm going to get married at the plaza, fine. You want to get married at the plaza. There it is. If that's your goal, that's your goal. Right. And like, if that's what you want to do, then fine. Do it. I don't care. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. When it devolves into like (laughs) this sort of hair pulling prank war that ruins your relationship with your best friend. Then was it really worth it? Right. No, that's when it becomes like, maybe you should just start reconsidering things and maybe you should just start reevaluating what actually matters to you in this scenario. So, you know, before we get into basically the escalating prank war that is this movie... Um, I think it also just needs to be noted that I very almost unironically look up to June. I, Diana's sort of like a bit of an icon, so it's tough right, so what, that this movie that she worked on sucks. Just also sort of connively throw out there. So, like, this was written by... Originally, there was an actor named... Or not an actor. The writer is Greg DePaul, who has a story credit. He has a screenplay credit as well. The screenplay is credited to Greg DePaul and A.N.D. Casey Wilson, Ampersand, June Diane Raphael, which means that... Greg DePaul wrote a version of this story at some point. Then later, Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael as a team also worked on the story, separate from Greg DePaul. So it's one of those things where you can't quite look at this and... Well, they did this, he did that. Right, you can't definitively point fingers at someone and be like, you made this shit movie, but you contributed in some way. I will say, though, it does in large part feel very much like what some bro thinks women are. I mean, like, if there's this... a lot of assumptions of women be this, women be that. Right. If this was just written by a guy, I would be like, yeah, this feels like something that was just written by a guy who is familiar with what women like about weddings from watching other movies about weddings. <laughs> right. What were you going to say, Lee? Sorry. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's all, all I really have to say, I think, is that you don't really know the full story when you see someone's name on True. a right. screenplay. Like, it, they may not have been allowed to change that much, you know? True. Like it may, right. They may have been like, no, we like everything. Right, like, we, we want a movie about, like, escalating pranks leading to a full-out bride war, so you better fucking give us that in yeah. this movie, and they're just like, okay, let's do I it. Yes, we'll do that. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't care that much, but they were just there for the experience. Right, and, and like, yeah, just one of those things where it's like, yeah, this was kind of their first job, so maybe yeah. it's just a way to say, like, we, right, we have our, cre- like, we have a credit for this movie. Our names yeah. are on this movie. I'm, I'm, some people might have more principle than this, but I don't. I say I, I i would say if this if they literally were just like so i just want my name on a credit mm-hmm. just to get some legitimacy and it does women a discredit whatever you know more no, power to I, I think that's i think especially for something like a movie or tv where it's yeah. like it's so hard whatever. to get into this industry in the first yeah. place that if someone says like you will you, you had right do. will you write our shitty movie i'd probably be like yeah i'll write your shitty movie yeah. like whatever gets me seen later on i yes. will i will do whatever it, i will just absolve myself some other way right exactly of, like i'll spend the rest of my life i'll make culpa something <laughs> yes, else somehow exactly it, it does also seem like they maybe kind of snuck a couple of their, like, personal connections in, too, because, like, I feel like Paul Shear being in there, yeah. John Daly being in there, right. they're all from, like, a very similar comedy scene as, like, June and Casey, so right. I just, I love to think they're, like, trying to get as many of their friends into this project right. as they could. I mean, it's almost one of those things where, like, I wish there was more of that in this movie. Like, I wish there were yeah. more of those people that I like popping up in small roles, because that would at least give me something to, so, like, yeah. be amused by. I wish more of the friends could have had... 
Yeah, I, I don't really know the actors who play the other two friends who are like. I, I, so, like, maybe they did do stuff and I just don't really know who they are, but like, those roles could have been played by people who I liked more and, and could have, like, and just, popped a little better. And Jessica St. Clair, for example. Yeah, that would have been fucking great. <laughs> Jessica and Lennon as, like, oh the two God. friends. <laughs> so much better. I Already. Wish they had more stuff to do, but, they, like, TV lately, the TV work. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, but. These two women were like they had like the story credit that they would only do names on it i would have a lot more cognitive dissonance yeah because <laughs> right. i know them and right. i and i this is a terrible and it doesn't seem women. reflective of what we know of them exactly right but i seeing what it is i'm like whatever you know yeah. either, right, like you did you did what you had to you did do what you had to do. I, yeah. yeah i don't know what happened i can't like paint the full picture of what happened here but i i can paint several scenarios that make sense to me right, right. and like that's what i will choose to believe i yeah. will choose to believe that like <laughs> this was just a good option for them to yep. do regardless of what the final result was and it was going to be a piece of crap either way. Right. So it's just, yeah, do your best. No one has a career that's all good moves, you know? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's mostly just, I wish this had been funnier, you know? Yes. Like, I wish these two people who I think are funny working on it had made a funnier movie. One of the many problems with this movie, I don't think it's very funny. It's like, not. it's simply like, no. usually there are times where you can like divorce a line from the context and be like, oh, that's a good joke. There may be like five, five. good jokes in this movie. Maybe. And that's about it. And also, I mean, it's, I mean, we'll get into, I think, the plot and the pranks more specifically in a second, but I actually think maybe, yeah, let's just talk about just, like, the lack of comedy and that vibe for a second, because there were many points where you feel like there's the setup for a joke, or the scene seems ready for it, or, like, many times I would think that, um, Kate Hudson's assistant right. should have a snappier aside, but it's, it's very one, it's very, like, Oh, okay. Like, you couldn't well, have just no, done another take and just right. find, a, find a better response? I mean, the, the one that I had mentioned we were watching, which I still think about, is, so when, weird. Yeah, is when, like, Candace Bergen literally just walks in and says, you're the most beautiful bride I've ever seen. Then she gets a page or something or, like, a text, and she's like, I have to go. Because there's double wedding, obviously, she can't be there the entire time. And she leaves, and Michael Arden, as, like, the bitchy, possibly gay assistant... <laughs> he doesn't like labels. Yeah, says something like, she's so weird. That's your joke that you're ending the scene on? You're ending your under characters Why being like... Why is she weird? Right, no, like, yeah, like... Why? There's nothing weird about that. She is a woman who is doing two jobs on the same day and has to leave. What about that is a strange scenario for you to wrap your head around? Or how do you, like, not as big as your ass at prom? Well, the the issue that I have with that there, it's more just that it's one of those moments. Then after Anne Hathaway says that, all the women sing. They're like, ooh! It's like, because they really have to sell it right. to you. And that entire scene, too, it has so much of, I, I don't know what you call it. Every time that Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson are like, trading barbs with each other there'll be shots of the other women looking <gasps> like no not even like that it's like they'll be drinking something they'll be like mm, 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 like like making like a big eyed expression like uh oh like yeah. what's happening here and it's like one of the biggest ways for me to try and make a scene that's not funny seem funny is to have the characters react to it and be like uh oh like this is a wacky yeah, scenario those but, aren't that no and then, but it's the thing that's like it just makes me think this is a bad scene and right. like they don't know how to make this scene funny so they're just trying to show the women being like uh oh uh oh uncomfortable moment this isn't funny or entertaining it's just there's like moments where it feels like there should be a joke and then there's just not yeah which is weird because you also we know that everyone involved could have sold comedy a lot better. right there are actors who have done comic things like chris pratt you know regardless of where he is right now was very funny on parks and rec yes. and half funny in guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah and anne hathaway is like a smart enough actor to know how to do comedy he's fine listen like listen i'm not gonna go off on a tangent a crazy tangent here but like I would, he's not like a, a 
He's never been like a great, great actor. He's right. fine at what he does. He's been funny, but he is not like his real, his weird IRL self on screen. He does whatever is asked of him on screen. No, but what I'm saying is that my thing, and that like we'll get into it later, is that Chris Pratt has been like woefully misunderstood. Well, yeah, but that's just World. like he's just that's not like Chris Pratt. That's just like people putting him in these things, right? And boring ass like, roles. Weird, yeah, yeah. The Jurassic franchise is not a good use of them. No, I mean, the Guardians Jurassic franchise is, fine. is not a good use of anyone, really. Yeah, at this point. Guardians yeah. is fine. Star-Lord is fine. Um, I don't even know what else he's done recently. I mean, he was, was that fucking Amazon. Tomorrow yeah, it's Tomorrow War. That terrible movie where... Passengers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about where passengers. he, like, defaws Jennifer Lawrence. We're going to talk about <laughs> Passengers. Yeah. Should we do Passengers for the pod? No, I don't think I want to. I can't talk about that. Yeah, I don't think I care. It? Huh? Have you seen it? Why, everyone knows the deal. Yeah, we all know that. And, like, I just don't, I don't want to watch it. And yeah. I don't care about it. It so, like, shitty. Yeah, so, like, yeah. no. No, we shouldn't. Because um, I don't care. So we weren't going into the characters. We were just kind of, like, to, to funny. Yeah, just, about, yeah. yeah, are we, are we into the plot yet? Or? Yeah, we're about to. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know if you can say that it's this movie's biggest problem is that it's not very funny for a comedy. A problem. Because, like, you could also say the biggest problem is the weird way that it treats women and the, like, regressive attitudes it has it's toward very, women. It's very men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Right, but I mean, it is, but like, it's not... Would they say girl then it's at one point? Oh, he's like, um, they haven't haven't spoken, yeah, which is like a century in girl girl time time. or something. I was just like, kill me. Yeah, I mean, someone, it doesn't even feel so much as like Meta from Mars Moon or from V, it's more just like, you know how the gals are, am I right? It's like the gals, they're so psychotic. It's not even like putting men in one box right another box it's like putting woman in one box that is labeled crazy right <laughs> yes. and then the men periodically pop it or like yeah. yeah well i and this is also another like joke that doesn't go anywhere but uh when candace Birkin is like do you want to like take a second to ask your your fiancés no right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah it's like just a lot of I think especially because it is, like, so heavily gendered and it's so of, like, am I right, fellas, or am I right, am I right, ladies, that that's just so not obviously for us either, so, like, that part just doesn't really work. Yeah. Right. I mean, granted, like, 2009's old, but it's not that old, and, like, I, would, I just, like, ho- I would have hoped that we would be somewhere else in those nights. I, I would have we thought weren't. so, too. Yeah, no, in retrospect, we weren't. weren't. Yeah, it does feel like, by 2009, we should have moved beyond, you know how crazy the gals yeah. get when it comes to weddings. Right. It feels like, like, a sort of, we like, were graduating a from fucking sleepless in Seattle type thing, right? Right, like, this right. should have happened in the 90s. Exactly. And by like that point, we should have realized this was, like, hacky and dated and boring as shit. Right. Yeah. But, and, like, again, maybe, hey, who knows, maybe this was written in the 90s and the studio was just sitting on it for years being like, we don't know what to do with it, but we love the idea of women well, pulling each other's hair right. out. Probably not based on the guy's, like, four screenwriting credits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Two dudes written four movies. One of them what? is a story writer for a remake of this movie. Right, yes. He has written three movies, one of which is, yeah, and he also has a story credit for the Chinese, Chinese remake, remake of this of movie. Chinese remake of this yeah. one twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the plot of this movie. Um, which I think we can charitably describe as just an escalating series of pranks and or sabotages. Let me crystallize this for you much smaller. Yeah. So you have, it's these two brides, they have to complete because their weddings are on the same day and no one's caving. Right. Right. One of them is meek and always is perceived to be the one that caves. The brunette, obviously. The brunette. And one of them is strong-willed and um, type A personality. Right. Yeah, a little little too nuts sometimes. A little too over the top. A little too controlled. And over the course of the movie, the brunette learns to stand up more for herself and assert herself. And the blonde movie, the blonde woman (laughs) sort of like 
learns to relax? Not really. Like, no, she sort of so like, like has her ass handed to her a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, like yeah. learns a little bit of humility. Right. That, yeah, I think that's and, mostly and, it. And like has some like, because of the losses she suffers, has moments of vulnerability that she's not used to having. As a result of this, the brunette's fiance starts to dislike her because yes. of her newfound outspokenness and assertiveness. And the blonde's fiance starts to like her more because right. of the vulnerability that she's allowing, right? That she is now showing, which in some cases, which is, really is creepy. It's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy no. to like someone more because they are in a more needy state. Right. I, I feel like there there is a way you could do that that doesn't come off as like I, I like you now that you like need people more. Yeah, I, I think, think that, like you could paint it as like you're a more rounded person than I exactly. thought you were. Or I think maybe, but it, I think maybe the, the less creepy version is. I appreciate that you're connecting you show, with me emotionally. Yeah, right, but you're that's being, not what happens. What right. happens is she's like, "Oh, I don't have anyone, or whatever." I feel, or like I appreciate you're, you're letting me in. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, but but it's, so it's just like her crying, and he's like, "This is a good thing." Right. Exactly. It's like now I, I, love, I now I have purpose. Before I felt emasculated. <laughs> right. I, I love that your hair is blue because it has knocked you down a peg or two. <laughs> right. Yes. And by the end of the, the movie... The shrew tames herself. <laughs> yes. Shrew tame myself. At the end of the movie, the, these pranks have escalated to the point where they're both, like, really fed up with the situation. And, and they, physically marred. Physically marred. And they both uh, ultimately make up, but also uh, one marriage is... is the like, brunette. ...strengthened, yes. and the brunette's marriage is forever ruined and right. broken up because Chris Pratt's an asshole. Right. Yeah. And that is, there are so many wrong things with that plot. Right. Yeah. Both arcs are terrible. Both yeah. arcs are bad. There seems to be a theme with a lot of these rom-coms, particularly the ones that are about weddings, where just the middle of it is where the plot just dies, and then you're just sort of in this weird stagnant place, and then it just ends. Right. I mean, the only progression of plot that happens is that they keep doing bigger and bigger yeah. pranks right. on each other. It's not like things are really moving. It's just that they keep doing worse things right. and making yeah. the other person angry. On a, on a micro level, a lot of things don't really make sense. Let's As an example... Brendan, you talked about like the the treats one where she's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, so yeah so right so Kate Hudson's character used to be overweight in some capacity they I never guess. really yeah they say like she was a little heavier at one point and so and Hathaway's just Hathaway, sending her cookie bouquets right so well to be fair who it, it's um it's a mixture of things right it's her assist her her bridesmaid her coworker says like hey didn't your best friend used to be like really fat what if we, you send her right. candies and shit and Anne Hathaway's like oh I don't know okay fine I guess I will so she sends her like cookies and chocolate and a butter of the oh, like, butter. international butter yeah, international butter, butter or of the something month. Yeah. yeah yeah which also means that this was going on for several months <laughs> right that's the, that's the nuttiest thing too is <laughs> so like for several months Kate Hudson All has three, just been getting presumably. right Kate Hudson has just been getting deliveries of food and she thinks they're from her fiance because that's what Anne Hathaway wrote on and the note never says but anything. at no point does she so yeah so one at no point does she ever tell her fiance one thank you for the thing you sent me right. which would well, just like cut to the conversation right there to hey thank you for the thing you're sending me but maybe don't send them to me too much because you know we have a wedding coming up right. I want to look nice for it you don't have to send this to me three just leaving things for other people to eat bringing them home yeah. to her fiance giving them to co-workers right. it's also like how it, there was no guarantee that she was ever going to eat them right it's literally just that Anne Hathaway is betting on Kate Hudson formally being overweight to the point that she will eat whatever you put in front of her I think yeah. what we're meant to take away is that Anne Hathaway knows that she will succumb yeah, I guess so. But it's just, this woman has, like, such little self-control right. that if you throw, like, a box of chocolates in front of her, she is just going to down the entire yeah. thing without it would, even it realizing it. It would play it. better if there was, like, again, 
The classic example is Mean Girls. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Counting bars, right. Right. Like the she, bars. She that, yeah. That's out. one thing you could do, where you swap the bars out. And she thinks she's eating yes. like nutritional bars. bars. Right. bars. Yeah. The other thing you could do is like maybe there's a re uh, like a something that she knows that Kate Hudson has developed the self control, but there are circumstances where she has to indulge. Like maybe at like client events. Right. It's like important for her to like take things from the clients to be seen like okay yes like it's a they're offering right. the chocolate right 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 nice yes they're, they're having a cake here so you better yes. eat some of the cake so you have yeah to eat some of the cake so like they, she's just like bribing the clients to like have these lavish right like have like, have a huge buffet, like a huge fucking buffet yeah, yeah. And so she's constantly forced to like at these you know high ticket events like have these like luxurious right things. which would also make it less weird than my fiance has been continually exactly. sending me large these amounts are, of listen, food he these loves, are two he things loves his fat life which is which, would be fun, which frankly, that would also be a thing if you wanted to be, wanted to be there. Like, is, secretly, it was me because I think you look better with curves, honey. This is literally like <laughs> these are two ideas that I've had that I literally thought I didn't. I haven't thought about this for a single second. I came right. up with them in the span of a minute. Yeah, that are my more yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, I also because as is the joke, such as it is, is just you know women they can't they can't control their speech. They love their chocolate. And they love so to much. put on that weight. Now that wedding dress isn't going to fit. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and that's there's also like that joke you know to two where, where she's like trying on the wedding dress early on and like the, the bitchy yeah and the bitchy you, like store person is like yeah line. it's like you don't you don't alter vera wang to fit you you alter yourself, yourself to, to fit vera. vera right which is just one of those again like those horrible horrible like insane lady lady jokes you I know think in that situation i would just be like cool well, are, like are police really gonna like break in and stop me if i like, take it to the tailor <laughs> yeah there's that there's the revenge for that is anna hathaway goes to get a pre-wedding spray tan which i, I still don't get as a thing but i no. know i know it happens i know it is a thing right like it is i mean it is a thing that some people like to do which again i don't get it because i would think in your wedding pictures, you would want to look like you. Right. You would not want to like look you with a different color skin, regardless of how subtle your tan may be. It's also not like you're going to like a beach destination, right? I mean, like that's the thing too. It's not like you just came back from vacation and are getting married. So, like, why do you care right. how tan you look? But I digress. Right. So, anyway, um, to get her back, um, Kate Hudson <laughs> puts on a headscarf and sunglasses and a British accent to gain I need to get back that very I left something I left something, yeah, I left something in yeah. the booth yes and I, I I actually think it's funny that the the person at the desk like literally does not give a shit and it's like yeah yeah whatever go back there no I love yeah I know I love that I also again I just love the idea that Kate Hudson was like I need to have a character for this moment right. like I need to come up with like a character she's British and she wears glasses and she's very busy <laughs> just sort of like she needs to move okay. very quickly yeah um, and yeah she swaps out a bit of honey for blood orange yeah. I think is yeah. the, so she's all like crazy orangey right. and they kind of give it to you a few ways right because they give it to you walking in the street right. in the crowd and they're right. like whoa she's so orange and then you get it again when she walks into the classroom right. again like the, the line Kristen Johnson's line is clearly supposed to be some kind of like devastating joke but it's also kind of like Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's the hair coloring. Her hair comes coloring. up with that. And Hathaway changes the hair coloring that's going into Kate Hudson's hair to make it blue instead of a different shade of blonde. Yeah. She's gonna get then like... Kate Hudson gets Anne Hathaway on a baby yeah. registry. Yeah, I guess. So then now everyone's sending them baby shit, which right. I'm like, well, if they do have a kid, I guess that is... Right. I was just going to say, like, well, I guess they'll use it someday, was maybe. Was it supposed to be insulting because... Like, if you look pregnant, then you're fat? Is I guess. I don't know. Anne Hathaway shows up at Kate Hudson's private bridal party. That's has a red. Yeah, sorry. Has a... And she, like, shows her up. Basically. Right, yeah, and shows her up, and then the next day 
indirectly causes her to get demoted at work. Well, I, I kind of feel like this must have That's just Kiddos having a meltdown. Yeah. I think the revenge to that is the, the tape, right? The, the DVD. The DVD. DVD. But she already did the DVD prior to this, too. Because you see her do it early on or something like uh, that. I don't remember. But anyway, anyway yeah. It's part of, it's the, the DVD is like the penultimate, or the ultimate... One. Right, which is, and they kind of set it's it not up even because that bad we talked about. Yeah, it's really no. Not. It's like she was in college. She went on like a spring break trip with her friends, and there's a video of her dancing on a table drunk. Right. Honestly, anyone in that room would be like, okay, yeah, we've like right. We've I mean, like all done. Yeah, that. Gra- <laughs> Grandma Shirley will be like, oh my goodness, but everyone sure. your age is going to be like, yeah. haha, it's fun. And it is very easily like a wedding where that was planned. Right. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah, if Anne Hathaway had not like, well, well I guess what if Anne Hathaway had not stopped dead in her tracks and screamed, and two, if Chris Pratt had not looked at like the projection and been like, for shame, for shame, for shame Anne Hathaway, I can't believe you got drunk once. Wouldn't he have known that about her? Like, Apparently not. In this is hey, this is a problematic relationship as yeah. we found out. It is. Um He doesn't I, seem to know anything about her. What I find to be stranger than the video though is the odd cloth and rope hot air balloon, balloon yeah. silhouette thing that's like sitting at the at the front of the altar Which, and then there's just yeah. roses on the underside yeah. of it. Which they so were going strange. to project home videos on. Yes. Like, I mean, sure, okay, whatever. That, that like, maybe, maybe hot air balloons matter to the you. The other thing that like this movie doesn't do because it's too busy doing other weird things is like again, I guess that's like a, a window into like their weird wedding preferences. And like, wouldn't that have been interesting to see like the difference in weddings more clearly? Like, yeah, yeah. I just feel like so like a weird homey wedding choice to have this like quaint little fucking hot air balloon projection screen yeah. that you play videos on, whereas like. <laughs> Kate Hudson was like springing out for like the fucking fancy edible ball bearing cake. And right, right. Like the, the like an insanely yeah. over the top glamorous wedding. Yeah. yeah. So like it would have been if you're signing up for a movie about bride wars. Like yeah. I would care more about like seeing the wedding stuff. Yeah. Like, I would be. I guess that's more of a Nancy Myers thing, right? But like, yeah, oh probably true. Yeah. You want to see like <laughs> all the Myers stuff. I would kill yeah. to see bride wars by Nancy Myers. <laughs> yeah. Kill. I yeah, no no I I agree with you because there is very little of like the planning of the wedding is so incidental to this right. movie. Yeah. Where it's like the most you get is like you see a scene of them looking at rings uh, and like Chris Pratt's kind of not into it, but Steve Howie is like very happy. Stationary for I one love, Right, yes. I love those weird semi animated pictures they use in montage to show that. And I just love that there's a picture of literally Chris Pratt just like looking the opposite. Well, no, it looks like it's like the meme of like the guy and the girl holding hands <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the yeah. other girl walks by and he's like, what? <laughs> and the like, how dare? I was just, it, I would just love to know what direction he got for that face in that moment. Or like you know? someone like, someone like held up a puppy and he was like, hey. Uh, the only other hint we get is they both have complete nonsense descriptions to Candace Bergen of what they want for their wedding. Right, right. Um, I want timeless minimalism with romantic textures. What does that mean? Yeah. That's potentially, like, a joke, but the movie doesn't seem to, like, dwell on it or no. react... Or, like, you feel like Candace Bergen should do a reaction where she's just like, great, that's I, beautiful. Like, I, I totally get what you're saying right here. It's so fascinating to me, too, that, like, so much of this is, like, weddings are so dumb. Can you believe caring about this? Can not, I'm not even saying us, like... To a certain extent, that is also the movie's perspective of, like, mm-hmm. it's dumb that women do this. It's dumb that women care so much about this. But it is a stupid double standard because this is the product of the same culture that's telling them this is what matters. I mean, well, that's the question. I don't know. Do you think this movie is definitively saying at the end that, like, all this wedding stuff is stupid? I think the movie is saying, like, 
this fight is stupid. I, I think the movie is still very pro. I think the it, wedding industrial complex, as Lee were mentioned earlier. I think it thinks less of the women for making. I don't know that it does. I truly don't know it. that it does. That's, I guess, one of the other issues with this movie is that I don't really know what it's saying in that I, sense. I think it is the contradictory nature of misogyny. Women are going to get contempt for doing what they're supposed to do or not doing what they're supposed to do. My takeaway is just that the movie thinks all these expensive, over-the-top things are very good. The fact that they. <laughs> were tearing each other down very that bad. bad that's part. not what girlfriends do girlfriends support each other even when they're spending millions of dollars on a wedding at the <laughs> plaza that is kind of what i think this movie's I attitude i do also just want to point out it is entirely unrealistic, unrealistic I don't think that the movie, these weddings came together in three months no yeah the of course really saying that it's good or bad i don't i don't think or, i guess or it's not that it's good but just that like it's okay yeah i don't know i don't think the movie's making a statement about what about weddings and the cost of them and the planning of them? I think it's just like, haha, woman, be silly. Yeah, I think that's about the extent of thought of this woman. This movie in has. this woman in this about <laughs> the extent of thoughts that this movie has about women and weddings. Yeah, what about THOTs? There are not a lot of thoughts in this movie, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. There are not a lot of thoughts. I mean, not I guess, we yeah, not I guess not a lot like of thoughts or thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I guess like maybe the friends at the the bachelorette party are, yeah. are yeah. some thoughts. Some, but maybe some... that maybe that assistant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he doesn't believe in labels. Yeah. <laughs> no, so he does, he will not call himself a. Thought. Who knows what happened after that woman stopped mauling? Him. After yeah, that woman like attached herself to the face like 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 yeah. a bottom feeding eel like or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't seem not into it. So. Right. Yeah. He did seem surprised. Yeah. He was yeah. Surprised, but he didn't seem repulsed. Do we have anything else we want to say about this plot? I mean, this is a terrible. This is a terribly structured movie. Like yeah. what I said to you guys, on the bright side, this movie is eighty-eight minutes long. On the con side, it feels so much longer yeah. because the plot for this movie just like keeps kind of happening yeah. you, you know for it's like to be fair you kind of know what you're getting into with a movie like this because you know that because this is a series of escalating back and forth banter between the two brides it's just going to be this until it comes to a head and then everything will collapse it's insane that it doesn't come to a head until like 10 minutes before the movie ends which just kind of makes it feel like you have the shortest third act of all time Absolutely. in this movie and you have a second act that is 70 minutes long and it, it feels abrupt when it wraps up right if your low point should happen regardless of whether or not that dvd played at your wedding of you dancing on a table in mexico you know it feels like by this point in the movie we should have had this already like i don't have right. time right now to deal with whatever bullshit comes up at your wedding we should already be at the low point and we should be wrapping shit up now Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so for characters, shall we start with the subject I mean, of our reappraisal, Kate Hudson? We've gotten into this with the plot, but I don't like both of the characters' arcs. Yeah. really bad. I, I, I don't think either of them is very good in this movie through no fault of their own. Like, it's, it's probably... Right, characters. I think this is, like, the most boring I've seen Kate Hudson be in a movie, because, like, it feels like she's playing a more toned-down version of which she would play in Something Borrowed. Right. Where at least then she's allowed to be, like, nutso and over-the-top, and here she's kind of... Oh, oh okay, so also, right, yes, there is that. I would also say that I feel like it kind of comes a little bit out of nowhere when she has that conversation with her fiancé, where she says something like, I just thought if I could be, like, one step ahead of everyone else, then nothing bad would ever happen in my life. Right. And it feels like 
that's something, but it's not something that I've seen leading up to this movie. Everything it's leading up, to, right? Everything leading up to this feels like it's your kind of a crazy person, and that's what's informing your actions. It doesn't feel like all of your actions have been informed by you trying to like take control over every possible situation in your life. Because right. like that's not who you are as a character. They say in the beginning like she's going to be the craziest bride you've ever seen, or mm. some shit like that. It's like I would not expect the type of person who is so controlling over her life to also be like a fucking lunatic. Like right. I can see you being a micromanager and that's informing why you're a crazy bride but her problem seems to be is that she's like so self-absorbed right. that like that's why she's a crazy person that could be good it could be good that maybe because again her parents died or something i don't we, know we don't really address yeah. that, i'm a little we? unclear like if they said it i missed it i thought her parents were dead it's, but it's sort of like how her family doesn't exist and how to lose a guy in 10 days maybe this is right. the same situation yes what she appeared fully formed are out of the hudson like yeah like, out of a like, giant like, like, yeah giant clam just opens up and kate hudson <laughs> yeah. walks up um <laughs> There are things you could do to make that a character, you know? Like, I like the idea that this is someone who's lost her parents right. and had, like, a horrible tragedy growing up. Because of that, she is trying to, like, control every single little aspect of her life. And that's what makes her a bad person when it comes to the wedding. But instead of just always get what she wants, she's never one to back down. That doesn't entirely inform who you say right. you are later on. That, I think, is why I find Kate Hudson's character to be so fucking boring in this movie. And at least Anne Hathaway has kind of an arc that makes a little bit of sense. I kind of like the idea that you realize that it's okay to make things about yeah. you sometimes because otherwise you're just going along with whatever. That's fine. Again, it does it badly. It does. But it's something. Then they also have a really awkward version of that that I, I wish they, they could have done better, where close to the beginning, it's a big deal for her to wear her mom's dress. And right. And I know at her wedding, her mom's like, oh, I literally don't care if you wore my dress or not. And you're like, then where did this come from? Right. It just feels like that's also something you should have talked about beforehand. Like, surely yeah. at some point you would have said to your mom, by the way, I'm wearing your dress for the wedding. Isn't that exciting? And your mom would be like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe but, do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I kind of, I mean, I think Anne Hathaway's character has slightly more dimension than yeah. Kate Hudson's. Kate Hudson's character was more interesting and she had more fun in Something Borrowed. But I do think Anne Hathaway plays, plays a better version of this character than Jennifer Goodwin did. Oh, yeah. I think Jennifer Goodwin's character is, like, fucking awful in Something <laughs> Borrowed. So, like, anyone would be better. Well, Jennifer, uh, sorry, uh, Anne Hathaway, the character, is it Liv or Emma? I don't know. Emma. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Yeah. Anne Hathaway, yeah. Whatever their names are, <laughs> Anne Hathaway's character has, like, the better arc that makes more sense. Right. Because I don't really understand what they were doing with the kiddos, and again, it's bad. It's, like, it's basically saying, like, woman gets weaker, and that's good. Yeah. Right. Because, um, like, again... They don't really understand, I think, showing vulnerability or, like, a softer side. They're just like... Well, it's not... Showing vulnerability isn't weakness. She suffers defeat and is humiliated. Right. And good. Yes, yeah, so and she gets knocked down a peg and then she realizes yeah. that, like, she can be a good person. Because, you know, if there's one thing I think about women these days, it's they have too many victories. They're a little too uppity. Yeah. yeah. You, need to, you need to, like, kind of knock them down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, so they don't really treat Kate Hudson's plotline well, so it's hard. So obviously, her character's not going to be great. Also, they gave her bad hair. Yeah, yes, they that's give her also bad true hair. too. But Anne Hathaway's arc is like what you—it's like theoretically what you kind of want to see, right? Where it's like you know somebody learning to like stand up. I think but, that was fine. Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 still pretty like root one and basic and not very like. Yeah. Evolved. Right. Like, I don't hate the idea that, like, one of her issues is she has, like, a coworker who's always just, like, piling her work and burdens onto her. Right. But the way it's done also feels very... Everything feels root one in this. Like, yeah. You kind of just wish they had done an extra pass. Yeah. I don't know who to go to I mean, to Steve next. Howie's barely Steve a character, Howie. so, like, what, what can you say? He's, like, a... 
Or it's that's Kate Hudson's fiance. Fletcher. No, no. Fletcher is Anne Fletcher Hathaway's is, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Daniel, I think. Yeah, Daniel. It's like he just um, seems no, like he couldn't get anyone's name straight. Yeah, he's the good fiance. He's the good fiance. <laughs> he's again, supportive. Yeah. I mean, aside when he says that creepy thing about like. Your weaknesses make me love you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I can't tell. Like again, I can't tell the difference between these guys. Like they have that conversation between them. So they call each other about like whether or not one of the their fiancés is going to like, cave or whatever. Yeah. And at that point, that's when I should see a difference, right? I should be able to tell, like, okay, one of these guys is good, one of these guys is right. bad, but they sound the fucking same. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that like Chris Pratt's character doesn't really have much of, like, a negative thing coming up until toward the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, comes well, out of nowhere. He, right. he makes some comment where he's, like, he makes a comment about Steve Howie where he was, like, he needs to learn how to, like, control his girl. And, uh, like, and does that come up, look. though? When does that come up? Because um, I don't remember. You mentioned it before, but I truly don't remember that line, which is they, not to say it didn't they happen. They say it out on the street at one point. They're, like, right outside their home. It's, like, when they realize they've, like, fucked them in another way or okay. something. He's okay. like, oh, like he says something to the effect of like Kate Hudson's out of line, right? Okay, but and, and I mean, like, in the I think the thing also with Chris Pratt's character is like in the ne- the scene where Anne Hathaway comes back and she's like, like I showed her up at her right. own bridal party. I got up there on stage and I did a little dance and I swung on a rope. And Chris Pratt's like, you have to shut up. And it's like one of those things where like on the one hand, I agree with you. I'm sure you said it right, a lot. and you're also like, this is literally controlling your entire life now. Your to be wife's entire existence has been consumed with showing up her ostensible best friend right but then on the other hand he's also like you're having feelings and saying things now and i don't care for it one bit it's like you're angry and excited yes yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like one of those things where it's like there there is like a kernel of truth in what you're saying but now you're also being like and you're saying things now yeah there it's like the worst like uh articulation of of an upset of why yeah. so yes. possible. Well, and she, it is interesting, I mean, not to give this movie too many flowers, but it is interesting that she doesn't really raise her voice. And even as she's like, what do you mean? I'm just trying to express my feelings. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't even talk to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's him who keeps bringing it to this like drama queen place. Right. I actually kind of, I, I thought it was interesting that he was just basically having this like childish reaction to her growing into someone. I mean, that's, they don't do a great job of it, but I think that's what it's supposed to be, right? Like, he's reacting to having grown into a different person. Right. And I, I think, again, the movie doesn't do it well, but like Lisa, that's a potentially interesting It is, arc. yeah. But like, again, it can't start 70% through the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Have you can't you it. can't first notice this change when a character <laughs> says, you've had a change now. Right. It's like, yeah. So they're, the two guys are also problems. Yeah. I, beyond this, I don't know who. Really I mean, what go. Brian Greenberg? Brian has, Greenberg, I guess. Which is I, I think I think that truly Honestly, to be like one of the most insane aspects really, of the movie is how his character shows up in the beginning when Kate Hudson first announced that she found the ring and she's going to be getting married. And they lightly and he, like, suggest that like he's he's within Anne Hathaway's orbit, but they don't even really interact. Right? No, they scene. don't interact in that scene. But that's like the first time you see his character and they talk and he's like, "Hey, I'm her brother. Have fun, guys. Got to split and leaves." Comes back like an hour later. Where he has one, yeah, where he has one single scene with Anne Hathaway of him trying on like tuxes and, and shit. And talking with her about his about the fight that she Right. Had. That's the moment where Anne Hathaway as a character is sort of like, oh, I'm kind of interested in him. Are we supposed to feel that way because unlike Chris Pratt, he is willing to like hear her out? I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's feeling. the case. But again, if she starts to have thoughts about being with this guy 
who she has known much of her life. Right, like, why aren't they interacting before this? You don't get a whole lot of them speaking to each other. It's just insane that the movie then posits, and then they get married at the end. (laughs) And it's like, you have barely spent any time with each other. He seems like a very nice guy, but, like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she gets married again a year after their wedding. Within a year, she gets married to this guy and is pregnant. She's with him for less than a year. Right. Madness. I digress. And I guess what, Candace Bergen is there? Well, but I would just, just (laughs) not to move on, not to, like, flog Ryan Greenberg, um, but just, like, it is bizarre to not set up your next love interest a little better. And also, just, like, from a movie standpoint, we see him twice before we're supposed to take him as the final forever love interest with right. Hathaway it's bizarre and like it would be fine if Anne Hathaway doesn't get with a guy at the end you know like it'd be it's, perfectly fine if it's just she realizes she doesn't want to be with Chris Pratt and maybe she needs some time to figure out who she actually is now if she has an entire speech about how like I'm not the girl that you met 10 years ago maybe you need some time now that you're having this sort of self-realization to figure out who you do want to be so maybe you shouldn't go fucking marrying your best friend's brother several months after I, the fact I also feel like there are moments in this movie where it felt like what they're trying to say, that, like, the real love story is between Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson. Yeah, I'm like, sure that's how, what like, they're trying to the say. The final yeah. image in the movie is the two of them under the same veil, so it would be really interesting. Brian Greenberg could lift right out of this movie. Yeah, Just exactly. do that, and yeah. then that th- and then you can bring that theme forward a little bit. Right, better. I mean, like, it ends with Candace Bergen saying something about how, like, and if you're really lucky, you're like, you'll find a best friend. But, like... Did they? And I guess Candace Bergen, but like, what was she really doing? Yeah, tonight? it's kind of, I get the inclination to make her the narrator, but it's still very weird to hear her voice pop up every couple of minutes. The only detail that I think really gave us something to talk about was in her first scene, she has this crazy bejeweled lizard, a gecko, salamander, or salamander yeah. and it's silver almost. And it's on, huge, too. It's, it's gigantic. Yeah. It's on her lapel of her, like, hot pink suit. And it's so fascinating as yeah. a choice. And you, like, think what you're seeing is, like, an interesting character detail. It doesn't go anywhere. No, I was kind of... It's like, ooh, who is this interesting woman? I was kind of hoping it would be this thing where, like, her outfit gets more and more reptilian throughout the movie. <laughs> and so at the end, she shows up and she has, like, this high collar with spikes on it. She's, and, like, takes her face off. And, <laughs> she's like, a, a like, lizard woman. It's like, uh, wasn't V about that? Yeah. people? Yeah, yeah. That was that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can I tell you something else? So I didn't really know a whole lot about this movie the first time I saw it, but Candace Bergen comes out from the get-go narrating this yeah. shit. And so you're like, as as like, if you were, part of you is like wondering like, oh, who is the narrator? What is their deal? There is a little part of me that's like, if Candace Bergen is the voice of the plaza, I will lose my shit. If it's the end of the movie, it like pulls out and she's like, and how do I know all this? Well, I'm, I'm the, the plaza, plaza hotel. <laughs> Which honestly would have made it a more fun movie for that. Would that be a future horrific spinoff to Cars Buildings? Yes, Pixar's Buildings. Um, All right. Is there anything else we're talking about? We are almost at an hour. Yeah, I think we're good. Let's talk about fixes. Does anyone else want to start? I can start it. So look, here's the thing. Lee, you, we had talked about this briefly when we were watching this, how, like, this is just an awful movie, right? Like, this is unquestionably a chore to watch, unlikable Almost none of the characters pop in an interesting we, way. We acknowledged before sitting down to watch it this time that you kind of have to pull this down right to its studs and frame. Right. As I was watching this the first time, I was like, could your movie be like, you're in love with your best friend's brother and like that's causing complications for you at your wedding? And it's just like, like, like literally any time a plot point would come up, I would be asking myself, is this what would make this movie better if we focused on this? 
None of them did. So here's what happens. <laughs> All right. This is like the simplest fix you can think of. But like, Lee, you had mentioned Mean Girls, which is exactly kind of what this movie needs. This movie needs to be a black comedy more in the vein of Mean Girls, where it needs to be one, actually funny, and two, sort of building upon the idea as to say, like, this is a terrible situation that you're creating for yourself. Because as I said earlier, I'm really unclear as to what this movie's takeaway is for like at the end of the thing. Is it saying that like this is good? Is it saying that this is bad? And I'm not saying you have to be so blunt as to be like wedding bad or something like that. I feel like I just need a little bit something more there. So first of all, this should be a black comedy. It should be a hell of a lot funnier than it actually is. I think you can keep the overall structure kind of almost exactly the same. But what I wanted the revelation to be is that Candace Bergen is the ultimate villain in this. And Candace Bergen's thing is that she is like this powerful wedding planner. And what she wants to do is she tried, like she was the one who like put their dates on the same yes. day because she's like, because she's like, I have to keep my, like I have to keep this expensive industry going. And the only way to keep this expensive industry going is to like keep people at each other's throats so the entire time. The world, right? right, exactly. And she's just sort of like, you'll be spending more money on your wedding if you think you have to outdo the other woman and so her entire thing is if i keep women pitted against each other this will strengthen my bottom line put more money in my pocket (laughs) and then at the end they find out she's the mastermind who's been manipulating every single woman in new york city to be driven into a frenzy over their wedding i love this so that gives me like i think it's called like penthouse penthouse huh I think that's a different thing. What were you no, saying? No, the one, it's got um, uh, Tom Tom Hiddleston in it. High Rise? Oh, High Rise, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's Hiddleston's like a, a K-drama. It's a different thing. But where it's a, it's like the, the bottom of the building yeah, for the fort. Like yes. Sort of capitalist night, dystopian nightmare. Yes. Where it's like, the yeah. novel is, is, like, is very, uh, acknowledges how absurd it is. Yeah. So it's kind of reminds me of that, where it's like this it's very sort of like... This woman at the top of the food chain, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, causing chaos. Yes. I love that. And so that's what I want it to be. Also... Sees New York as her, like... Her play Her her (laughs) ant farm. This was also cemented when we pointed out the lizard on her lapel earlier on, and that's what made (laughs) me think, like, man, she should get more reptilian as this movie goes on and just make her look more and more inhuman. Anyway... I also hate everything about this movie pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I asked, like, I think I said, I said this off mic before recording. I was like, what, what do I owe the original premise of this movie? <laughs> and if I, I think I don't owe, I, I'm just going to say like almost nothing. I'm just going to, I just like, I think that's I, fair. I know, I'm just going to take what I saw and I'm going to make some trash that I would want to watch instead. So I'm going to keep the two best friends and the sort of two couples but I think they're both getting married. They're not fighting each other. They're, what's happening here is that, like, all of their friends are getting married and they're feeling the pressure to, like, oh. to get a date in and, like, get their wedding set. And yeah. they both have these relationships. And it's very similar to this movie where, but I'm going to amp it up more, where Emma, the brunette, and Fletcher, the homebody, is are, like, she's, like, they're a normal-ish couple. Um, where maybe she has sort of settled for him and maybe she hasn't, maybe they're not really going to be together, but for now they're happy and they've been like a happy couple for a while and they've sort of, they're in this sort of weird sort of, um, undisturbed placid routine that has yet to be tested, Mm -hmm. that is about to be tested. Um, whereas Liv with her fiance, Daniel, I guess is Mm -hmm. is his name, um, is this high powered lawyer. And Daniel is basically there for show, <laughs> and like <laughs> she's like very busy, very busy. And I'm amping up. Uh, this is a this is probably gonna surprise very few people in the room, but I'm amping up the assistant's role. Nice. Um, <laughs> and so like her uh, fiance, they barely have time. They like meet up like you know once twice a week for yeah. like, dinners, and like it's like a very much like a 
we are two very successful people. Right, like, like you get home, the other one's asleep already. And, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. That's her boyfriend, basically. I like that. And so, like, they both are... In the beginning of the movie, there's still the, the exciting event of, like, Junta and Raphael's wedding, where it's Ooh. like, oh shit, like, we have to now show this. this yeah, this is, like, our last single friend. Yeah, like, we, <laughs> yeah. We, we don't have to do it. And so they're... It's sort of their both it's them against the rest of their the female friends the world it's them against women <laughs> and yeah. weddings yeah. and when marriage and the culture um and so they both like in their own ways get they, they plot each other to get their like weddings kicked off the ground um and i like the idea that they do have like their little like everyone they sort of have their their little conspiracy gang so i think that they do have um Liv's brother helping Emma and and her assistant is helping at Liv. Which gets him which then in more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so like they're working much more closely together and so and they end and it basically is like all of this chaos that is then tearing their relationships apart and then they like Liv ends up with her assistant and she ends up with the brother. Nice. Yeah. And that's how it ends. That's fun. <laughs> it's like I the like brother that. and it's, you kind of and it's the same thing where it's like the more like Liv is trying to like take charge of this relationship. The more Daniel is like, man, I liked it when we were just having dinner, but like now that oh, you're now like, that you actually want to do things with me, ordering me around and having me do things, I'm like, ugh, do I want to live with this one? Whereas like the assistant is like, I'm fine with this one. Yeah, like, I already told yeah, what to do. I'm used to this, and also like you make the best decisions anyway. So, <laughs> um, and like the same thing with Fletcher. It's going to keep that mostly undisturbed kind of in habit. Just be like. Uh, and like maybe like um, Emma's brothers like sort of or whatever Liv's brother where the fucking yeah the brother best is teaching brother, is teaching yeah. best friend how to yeah. like have a spine a little yeah. bit and it Fletcher doesn't like that yeah and uh, but he loves it so <laughs> yeah, I love them it. spines baby <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, spine pics he says to her late at night with a question mark yeah. <laughs> vertebrae for you <laughs> I was gonna make like a sort of like I like I don't like my chicken wings almost <laughs> joke but do you ever see that thing about like it starts with um Fortnite and boneless chicken wings and no it ends with gender pronouns and oh yes 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 <laughs> it's, it's such a fucking weird it's like it starts with boneless chicken wings <laughs> and it ends with gender pronouns and surgery or something I, I saw another crazy meme that was like you know how it feels when it looks at a poodle that's how your ancestors <laughs> like, feel looking at you the idea that boneless chicken wings is like the, <laughs> the, the, the sliding right. point yeah Anyway, that's my fix. <laughs> um, okay, I can I can describe my fix pretty quickly. I would love to know what this story was like from the perspective of the friends. Mm-hmm. So, first I'm kind of relocating that a little bit. This is going to be the story of a group of friends who are feeling torn between these two best friends, which are in their circle, are both getting married at the same time. They both had an over-dependent and kind of clingy relationship with each other. Everyone has always kind of thought so. And I think most of it is going to be them trying to, like, put up with them, with these two women and their, like, escalating series of insane demands of, like, you know, you can't go to her party and, like, all that, like, bullshit. I think it could be fun to have people try and, like, there was a line as he went to the uh, wedding of, like, if anyone needs to, like, leave a wedding, go to another one, talk to someone else so they can make a distraction. I think that would be actually kind of funny to see happening throughout. But the major other thing I want to add in here is um, the two women decide that uh, they're really actually just in love with each other and they had no interest in these men to begin with. They were really just means to an end to have them both go through this wedding with each other, which is what really appealed to them as kids. Because we get that in the beginning of uh, Anne Hathaway's 
like younger self in like a tuxedo and uh, Kate Hudson's younger self in a little wedding gown. From looking at this movie on Letterboxd, there are a lot of people who have a similar sort of lesbian reading of this movie. Really? Yeah. Which is just one of those things like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we need more lesbian movies. Then. I think we do. Maybe we need better lesbian yeah. movies so you don't have to watch Bride Wars. Well, I mean, that's... And like, look at this as representation. That's the issue with representation, right? Because if we don't have it, we have to find it in bullshit. No, movies. I know, but it's like, there are probably better movies that you can graft representation on. Certainly. <laughs> like, less garbage movies that's that you can that find. That's funny people are doing that seriously, yes. though. Ugh. Well, yeah, we that was about it. Um, I mean, the only other question we have to answer is, would you recommend No! no! No. This is awful. This is so like, look, when you compare this to like, just because it's in recent memory, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. That's a movie where it's like, it's I don't good. think this, well, I don't think this is a good movie, but it's like, I can see why there are things about this that you like. I can see why maybe if this is something you, you grew didn't up, like 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, or no, not 10. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, what was <laughs> I, was I like, saying? Wait a minute. No, shit. Going wait a minute. No, no, no. Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey. How to lose a guy in ten days? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. No. No. (laughs) Ten things I hate about you. Great. Watch it. Yeah. No. Ten things I hate about you. Absolutely. Good movie. So when you look at something like yeah. So when you look at something like ten things I oh my god I'm doing it again. When you look at something like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, I can look. I can see why. Even though I don't like this movie, I can see how there are things about it that maybe you do like or you grew up watching. It was always on TV, so you can sort of say like, yeah, sure, it's a fine movie. I would watch it. No, nothing good here. Nothing worth watching ever. What about Ten Days I Hate About You? No, that's even worse. I hate that movie. Ten Days to Kill Your Neighbor's Dog. Yes. (laughs) How to How to Lose Ten Things in Ten Guys (laughs) in Ten Days. Yeah. How to Lose Ten Days Without Even Trying. Yes. (laughs) How to Lose Ten. Things in ten guys. <laughs> How to not even try it? Uh, oh. Yeah, no crap, crap movie. One of it. the worst. One of the worst it movies. Yeah, really bad. I feel. I actually feel a little bit bad for having you guys watch Go from Monday now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to really How think about it. How many years what, ago was that at this point? It was a while. Like five years ago. It was ago. a great yeah. sangria, though. It was a good sangria. That was a nice winter sangria. Yeah, God, that's some good shit. We'll have to do a summer sangria again at some point mm. since we're getting there. Mm. Anyways, yeah, piece of crap. Don't watch it. So, I mean, without much else to say... Facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast is our website. Draftpack.com... Well, draftpack.com is our website. Facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast is our Facebook page. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Premium. Subscribe to us there. Rate us there. That's it. I mean, we'll eventually one day find out how to get on Spotify, I guess? I'll figure it out. Someone will look into it. I guess we'll just buy it out. Bye! Bye. Come back out us in two weeks. (laughs)